I'm a handshake tater. I'm a spud with a plate. I'm a miracle that's great day by day. I ain't your average quitter. I don't put up with golf. I'm doing the best I can. The drunk tater. Don't be hated. Welcome to Path Forward Utah with your host, uh, Bob McEntee. We're live today on uh, May 7th, right before the Weber County GOP convention. Um, but, you know, let's start with a little national because Path Forward Utah is also Path Forward America. We, we want to cover local, state, and national news. And this week, if, if you watch money or news or investments, Warren Buffett said it. Nobody else said it. The Fed wasn't saying it, but but investor Warren Buffett said it. He said inflation is rising. Well, thank you, doctor. Right? In case no one knew. But the fact is, the Fed kind of covers up. They don't want inflation too big, right? Because they don't have to want to raise rates on our on our broke government that can't pay higher bills really without without making some nasty cuts. So they they try to work the inflation numbers so they don't look too bad. But Warren Buffett, who people listen when he speaks, he he noted oil's going up, gold's going up, copper's going up huge. Uh, there's your investment tip for the week, by the way. Copper, copper. If you look at the one month chart, the one year chart, they both look like a roller coaster going up. Now that said, at some point, okay, they'll probably come back down. But you don't know. It's it's a it's a commodity and it's used in construction and construction's very hot right now. Um. But that's important to know. I mean, everything's going up. Lumber has gone up huge. In fact, we might have covered this last week, but for the first time that I know of on record, used home prices were were greater than new home prices. And that's because they're ready now, right? If you want to build a home, it takes a lot of time. I mean, it's nice to have a fresh built home to your specs or just a new one to move into, but you also have to plant the grass usually and stuff like that, although, but that's an aside. So, but the secret's out. Warren Buffett said there's inflation. And then Janet Yellen said, we're going to raise rates. And then she backed off. Oh, well, you know, not not anytime soon because the market started to tank. So that's that's just a fun national level thing to watch. Uh, but everybody should prepare a little bit because inflation is like a hidden tax. You know, so if you've got five thousand dollars in your savings account and you're and you're making like I do, maybe, you know, where you make a, a one or two cents if you got a thousand dollars in savings per month. Right. It, it doesn't really add up to much. Um, with inflation rising, the value of that currency, I would call it money, but I don't, I don't think our fiat Federal Reserve notes really qualify as money because money is a good store of value. Um, it, it, it loses power, right? It gets like weaker unless you get a significant amount of in, um, interest on it. So put your money somewhere in something, you know, whether it be your real estate, your gold, you know, maybe even stocks that are going to go up because, uh, oh, yeah, it's good to have some savings, of course. But inflation seems to be on the rise again. And, and some of the people watching the horizon have told us so. So keep a lookout. That's that's my advice. And governments are going to debtor governments are going to hit hard. Now, Utah doesn't carry a lot of debt. So that's that makes us stronger. Right. They, there are some really good things about this way the state is managed. And I'll give credit to, you know, those that that keep the debt down, that that makes it easier to sustain when things go bad. I still remember when California issued IOUs. I, I can't believe that state weathered that, but I guess people believe they would they would pay their IOUs, and they did. Yet I, I thought they were going to hit the wall. Um, so last weekend, you know, we had the state GOP convention, and the results were actually kind of stunning, right? And and why were they stunning? Well, because all the king's horses and all the king's men got behind certain candidates, right? Which is, I think, historical. And someone's told me, and I didn't research this, but they said it's illegal for them to do that. I, I don't know what law that would violate, but it's unusual to have like the governor, the lieutenant governor, a majority of the Senate, 16 senators and a bunch of representatives endorse a slate for the Utah Republican Party. Now, granted, they have an interest, but usually these things are done more behind the scenes, right? And it, it's a whisper campaign, and and usually they get their way. But this time, they they endorsed four candidates, one of whom was unopposed, so he won. And the other three, all the endorsed candidates lost. 
Oh my goodness. And then, then we know the, actually, so that was actually, I think the biggest headline out of the convention was that the, the slate of the establishment got zero for three, right? Because the delegates, and there was a big wild card in those delegates. We, we, Maximum delegates we could have is around 4,000, but you usually don't get that on an organizing convention. You might get 3,000 something on a nominating convention where like there's senators and congressmen, you know, those seats are in play. But for just the party membership, we usually run around like 50 to 60 percent. And that's where we came in this time. We came in at 2145 credentialed candidates. And However, here's the footnote that not everybody knows, right? This is the inside scoop. This is why you should listen and share it with your friends. Over 950 of those delegates got replaced in the last two weeks before the convention. That's a huge wild card, right? And here's what happens is, you know, someone says, hey, I can't make the convention. So it's up to the precinct chair to get a replacement. So he calls somebody. They're like, no, I can't make it. It's, it you know, it's, we got plans or whatever. So he finally gets to someone that says, okay, I'll go, right? So who's that going to be? Well, usually they tend to lean a little more conservative, right? That, that tends to be the case, not always. Um, and a lot of times the state people, if, if you're running a slate like that, like the governor and his friends did, you will try to stack the deck and get all your people out to convention, but maybe they couldn't do that or it just didn't work out. So they, they didn't get their way. It was really interesting to watch. So our new chair is a sheep rancher. Uh, Carson Jorgensen. He's also really tech friendly, though. He he understands technology. He's a millennial. I think he's 32 years old, right? The oldest guy elected was 33. That's Jordan Hess, the vice chair. Um, the secretary is Olivia Don Horlacher, a personal friend of mine. Um, sh she won, actually, I think the biggest victory, to tell you the truth. It was, it, was, it was really high. She just gave a great speech is what happened. Um, I think either one of those secretaries was qualified. But Olivia promised to really go by the bylaws, to, to do her job promptly and accurately and not withhold information. And it just, it just really, the delegates loved it. You could tell from the applause. Um, and that was the positive things. The delegates gave applause and cheers, you know, for, for the secretary. Um, however, they, the governor and Senator Romney did not get the same response. Senator Lee did. And, you know, there's been a lot of people clutching their pearls over Mitt Romney was booed at. Well, you know what? I'm a history major. And I like looking at perspective. And, and the American history is just replete with nasty politics. I got to tell you the truth. Getting booed is not the worst. In fact, I like the 1803 throwdown where I think it was Jefferson called Adams a hermaphrodite. <laughs> he said he didn't have the force of a man or the gentleness of a woman. Basically, he's no good. Either Either, you know, be a manly man or or be kind and sweet like a woman. That was, you know, Jefferson's impression. I know I know there's a lot of variety of opinion on this this day, but that's what Jefferson was slamming him for. It's like, take a stand, you know, one way or another. But um, I thought that was a great 1803 throwdown or 1800, whatever the election was. I actually don't remember the year, but you get the point. So it's nothing new. And we've had political cartoons in the U.S. forever, right? We have freedom of speech. For most of our history, we have freedom of speech. Right now, we've got a little bit of censorship on the private business, but they're looking into that. But th that is low. And in my opinion, because Senator Romney, and I wish him well, but if he booed President Trump for four years, he could take 40 seconds of booing. Okay, I, I think it's only fair, right? I wish he hadn't done it. I wish he'd rebuke Trump in private, worked on that stuff in private instead of damage the Republican Party maybe lose us the White House, maybe lose us the Senate. That's a problem. And that's what Channel 4 News uh, covered on me, uh, talking about the Romney Center that's going to happen in Weber County, and a big difference, a technical difference. So at the state convention, you had to stand up and vote. I think they tried to voice vote first or something. Then they, then they like, raise your credential, and then a standing count, right? Because someone called division, so we did a standing count. There was issues, you know, a few people maybe didn't get counted right, probably not enough to change things. But I had people tell me that because they had to stand and be counted, they did not stand either way. They didn't want to be on record voting for or against a Romney censure. And, you know, I understand that. I know some will say they're cowards. I, I get that. Maybe there's some of that in play, but I, I don't think it's all that. I think you had like state reps and senators there that are thinking, if I stand to convict Romney here or, you know, vote for him to be censured, um, then my bills may not pass. And that's not what my constituents want. They want me to be effective. So I, I don't really hold them 
you know, to account for that, it's they can abstain if they want to abstain. And I wish Senator Romney had abstained. And then I don't think he would have got booed and it would have sent a message. But at our Weber County Convention, we are going to vote electronically. Now, there's a lot of Romney supporters, and I, I probably didn't make extra friends being a co-sponsor of that resolution, but I think we should consider it. I think we need to consider saying, please don't do that again, because that's all, that's all it's saying, right? And there's no pleasure, let me tell you, in censuring someone, but I think we need to hold them accountable, like our platform says. So we'll talk more, a little bit more, about the, um, the endorsements and the convention after the break. Balance of Nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. You guys, your customer service and everything, you guys are great. And the commercials talk about it, but I don't know if it really gives it true justice. People need to know, this is maybe the most amazing product I've ever tried. It's so pure, it tastes so good, I'm just blown away by it. Balance of Nature is now offering 35% off on any new preferred order. Go to balanceofnature.com today and use discount code... USA. At the American Veterinary Medical Association annual convention in Washington, D.C., I spoke with Dr. John Howe, AVMA president, about One Health. One Health is really a collaboration between physicians and veterinarians or public health officials. For example, in Minnesota, our state public health veterinarian deals with zoonotic diseases, rabies, for example. Animals are sentinels for humans, and humans are sentinels for some infections in animals. There's more valuable information at AVMA. The following are real-life stories from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt. I used my credit cards as a source of income. It was not a good situation. I couldn't pay my bills. The interest on the cards was really high. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. I initially was scared to call, and immediately I felt relieved. They contacted all of our creditors, and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one. One easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000. We're doing a lot better. Please pick up the phone and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. It's a godsend. We're debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. That's 1-800-990-6976. Hi, this is Brian Hyde. Several months ago, I was introduced to a small Idaho technology company called Pure Light that's invented a new type of light bulb that's simply amazing. Their LED light bulbs make all other light bulbs obsolete. And I've actually had a chance to put them to work in my own home. Now, these are bulbs that eliminate odors, including pet odors and chemical smells. They eliminate mold. They eliminate deadly germs, even the tough-to-kill ones like MRSA or E. coli or salmonella. They eliminate smells. They eliminate deadly chemicals from the air, just like a $1,000 plus air purification machine would do, only for a whole lot less with these Pure Light LED bulbs. And you know what? They work as advertised, and they're already being used in thousands of homes, businesses, schools, assisted living facilities, medical facilities, government buildings, and more. Find out for yourself. Go to pure-light.com. That's pure-light.com, the next generation of light bulb. Welcome back to Path Forward Utah and America. We're talking about the state convention that just got over and the upcoming Weber County Convention. Um, You know, I want to tell you something. If you go to YouTube and just Google like booing British Parliament or European Parliament, you're going to you're going to get an eyeful. Okay, it's very normal in England or even the whole European Parliament when they don't like a bill or something, they just boo it right before the vote. Sometimes they'll wait till the guy's done speaking. Then then they'll boo or they'll clap and jeer. You know, it's it's pretty normal. It's pretty honest and immediate feedback because the the booing Romney got, I I took it as like an instant poll, right? That it seemed like a majority of the delegates were not for him. However, there were also people standing and clapping at the same time. So, you know, there's a split, right? He's he's a member of the party and some people are happy with him and some aren't, and a lot of Democrats are. 
but and the problem is, and the one the one uh, I'll just say member of the legislature I spoke with that didn't want to get his vote counted because it could it could harm his you know effectiveness. He said he was okay with Senator Romney being booed for a little while, but it, but it just went on too long, you know. And I would agree with it. I think 30, 40 seconds of booing, okay, you made your point. As Romney kind of antagonized the delegates because he said to them, he goes, "Aren't you embarrassed?" Well, well, no, they weren't. You know, they they would rather that he was embarrassed and maybe that he apologized or didn't vote to convict a guy with no evidence, right? Because nobody wants that. Nobody wants that guy on their jury, right? So the problem I think is Romney's hard of hearing. If he would have listened after 2020, but he doesn't, right? And he had this feud with Trump that went on. It hurt the Republican Party. I think it could have lost us the White House and the Senate, maybe even the House, right? So so is a little boo inappropriate? I would say yes. Maybe ideally you would just whisper to him, you know, hey, we don't impeach members of our own party, okay? We can we try to work with them, right? Just like you don't want to be censured. Well, he didn't want to be impeached, right? Same thing. How about that golden rule, Senator Romney? And I wish him well. I want him to be an effective senator, but he's got to listen better, in my opinion. Now, somebody that's been in the party a lot longer than me reminded me. He, he went through a list of people that got booed at convention, right, like that. You want to know what percentage of those guys got reelected after being booed? It would be zero. Yeah, nobody got reelected after they got booed at convention, right? So I'm. is this governor one-termer? I don't know. People don't always have long memories, and I don't think Governor Cox is – is as guilty of, as of much, right? And he's kind of somewhat playing out to expectations, right? So I, 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 I didn't really think it was necessary to boo the governor. Um, I thought we were still in the honeymoon period for a little while, so I was a little bit surprised at that. I'm not sure why they did that. I understand why they booed Romney because of the national politics and the, the President Trump supporters did not appreciate that feud. Um, I do think it would have been a little classier to keep it to 30, 40 seconds of booing then let the man talk because you made your point. But, you know, we can't we can't control everybody. Right. And I'm not going to say I'm disgusted or surprised or ashamed. Not at all. It's it's normal American politics. And I, again, remember, check out European politics. What was amazing was that slate, a majority of the Senate on that slate, 16 out of 29 senators said, we want these guys in the party. And the delegates said, no, thank you. Right. They just shut it down. Um that, that was something. And in fact, you could look at this slate card, all these people that signed on with the establishment. Is that is that the list of who the conservatives want to primary? I would say 80 percent. It probably is. You know, and I think some of those people should reconsider who they held hands with on this, because I think they have some redeeming to do. I think they need to consider if they should ever do that again. You know, one thing to privately tell your friends and your delegate buddies that, hey, I think so-and-so would be great. I like Stuart Pay better before this slate came out. But we talked about that before. So so let's move on here. Um, I wish Mitt would have abstained on, on those impeachment votes. I really do. But, you know, he didn't. And there's that biblical ad, admonition to correct your friend in private, and then you win him over. So. I think those feuds need to be private. And that's, that was Ronald Reagan's 11th commandment. Don't speak ill of your fellow Republican. He didn't want this stuff out in the public. If you got a problem, you know, you, you deal with it behind the scenes and, and do your best. And that does happen a lot. And that actually happens in Utah politics, too. People don't see it. But sometimes rather than have a fight like at an SEC meeting or convention, people will try to prearrange things. Hey, if I make this motion, are you okay with that? Um, or will you will you let me talk about this? And so... That does go on. It's good. You don't notice it because, you know, the news, I got interviewed by the news. They, they basically told me like all TV, they like drama, right? They don't want to say, oh, we're, we're trying to get along. And, you know, no, they want, they want drama. And, and I don't want to give drama at Weber County. I don't think Senator Romney's going to show up. I highly doubt that. And I don't think he's going to get booed. I think there'll be a little back and forth. I don't know which way the vote's going to go. I'm not going to be completely strident about it. But there's other things to consider, too, right? It's not all about that. So the Weber County Convention, we've got two chair candidates that we know of. Footnote, in Weber County, and, and the state's not like this, and a lot of counties aren't, we take nominations from the floor. So anybody could walk out there and go, hey, I'm a chair candidate, too. And then we're going to vote on them, right? We're going to have to add them to the ballot. But right now, we've got Jake Sawyer versus Brian Gray. And Jake is like a younger millennial. I think he's 32, 33, something like that. Brian's like a Gen X guy. He's, you know, 50, circa 50. Let's just put it that way. Um, 
Jake's like a real estate guy, which is the number one profession in the state of Utah politics. Okay, we have more realtors than anything else or real estate, you know, industry. Uh, Brian's more of like a, uh, he works at, I'll just call it like a kind of a, not tech, but industry, really. He, he does engineers parts and stuff for, for things you would know, like, for example, parts for AK-47s and helicopters and stuff like that. So hands-on, um, the high end of blue collar work. Okay, but but he knows what it's like to work, and he's very passionate. Not always well spoken. He's, he's my buddy, right? But I'm going to tell you, he's not always well spoken. I like Brian. I hope he wins. But if not, he's the only declared candidate in Ledge Seven for the SEC Ledge District Seven. That's Ryan Wilcox's district. So if he doesn't win chair, he can win that. Now Jake, Jake's not as experienced. He's got the establishment behind him. Um, I think Weber County will respect their establishment a little bit more than the state delegates did, actually. And, and Jake is pretty smooth. He's pretty nice to deal with. So I, I handicap that one as advantage Jake, but either one's good. Um, I like Brian better, but they're both good. Um, vice chair, we've got Jackson Wing, again, another millennial. Um, I think he works kind of a mundane job, but he's got his pilot's license and maybe some add-ons on that, like instructor, CFI, all that. He, he's going to try to be a professional pilot. So you know, those guys are always smart. And I'm a pilot, by the way, but but they they tend to be, right? Until they get really old. But then Suzanne, she is, uh, she's not a millennial. She's more like a baby boomer. And and on the high side of that, I think, not too high, but uh, she's running for re-election. She's the only member of the Weber County um, top four there to run for re-election. So that's interesting. The chair, the chair, Lacey, she wanted out, right? Um but Suzanne is very nice to deal with. She's kind of like the den mother, right? Um, I ran against Suzanne for vice last term. I got 43% of the vote. And I, I've never been happier to lose to somebody because she's such a sweetheart. You know, she just disarms you with how nice she is. So um, I, I wish her well, but but Jackson, I think would be very good too. So we're going to see it was all millennials and, and maybe sub-millennials, you know, the Gen Z that won at the state level. So is that going to happen at Weber? I kind of doubt it, but it's possible. So we'll see. There is a generational thing going on. It, it just depends who the delegates are, actually, and who shows up and who votes. We're doing online voting, so that's another thing. Secretary is, at this point, unopposed. Same with treasurer. And those aren't as big a thing because the, the chair and the vice in every county party are on the state central committee. And that's the governing body of the Utah Republican Party, right? They can do stuff. They can change the Constitution bylaws. With the Constitution, they need the delegates to back it up. But but it's kind of where how you run the party. Then there's seven legislative district chair races. Uh, I'm in one of those, Ledge District 29. So if you're a county delegate in Weber, you, you got to vote for me. I've done so much. I really have. I sent out an email. I, I, I can't believe for a volunteer guy, I, I mean, there's people getting six figures, don't do as much as I've done. Hosted meetings, uh, plugged candidates. If any candidate asked me to put signs up, I did. Um, but we'll also consider two resolutions. And uh, one of them, the center of Mitt Romney, the other is should we change how we like SEC? But I've got some breaking hard in the grid news that I think I discovered first here in Utah today. And I want to blast that great news from Texas. Uh, when we get back, we'll talk about that. And um, that's a huge topic. It's my pet topic. So I'll be glad to talk to you about it. And it's good news. So come on back in a, in a minute or two. USA Radio News with Lance Pry. A suspect is in custody Thursday night following an hours-long hostage situation during a robbery at a Wells Fargo in St. Cloud, Minnesota. All hostages were safe and unharmed. The suspect was identified by police as Ray Rico McNeary, who was due in court that day for two counts of felony domestic assault back in March. He opted to allegedly rob the bank. The Biden administration plans to send a top representative to the U.S.-Mexico border region on Friday, but it will not be Vice President Kamala Harris. Thursday marked the 44th day Harris has gone without visiting the border or holding a news conference about her duties to manage the border crisis. On Friday, Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas will visit a migrant processing facility in Donna, Texas. 
A former professional golfer, Daniel Bowling, was arrested by Orlando, Florida police on Wednesday after allegedly trying to meet up with a 15-year-old girl who turned out to be an undercover officer. USA Radio News. Awesome and amazing day, friends. It's John and Chelsea Jubilee with Energized Health. You've been hearing our messages for a while. You've heard Wayne Allen Root and his extraordinary testimony of what's been going on. And women, if you have a husband that is struggling or needs a loving nudge, I encourage you to nudge him off the couch and go check out our masterclass on our website, including the amazing testimonials. And these testimonials are just real people. They're not famous or high-level production. This is real people. People talking on their iPhone, people sitting across from their spouse. They share their real story for the past 23 years. Tens of thousands of people reversing arthritis, diabetes, high blood pressure, neck pain, back pain, migraine headaches, brain fog, lots of challenging things. Be a beautiful, beloved skeptic. And come check us out at EnergizedHealth.com. That's EnergizedHealth.com. As an extremely small amount of people own or drive electric vehicles, the president wants more spending on supporting these vehicles on the roads. Wendy King from the Pacific Northwest USA Radio News Bureau has more. President Biden is calling for new investments in spending for electric vehicle infrastructure. Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm told a congressional panel the incentives to bring down the initial cost of sale will increase consumer demand. Those electric vehicles will surpass uh, the internal combustion engine by 2030 because people save $600 a year just in not having to gas up. Granholm does say charging stations and equipment must be more available. She is also facing many questions about her own stock in the electric vehicle company Proterra. It was promoted by President Biden during a virtual tour last month. The first electric car in the United States was developed in 1890 by William Morris of Des Moines, Iowa. The vehicle was a six-passenger wagon capable of reaching a speed of 14 miles an hour. USA Radio News. Welcome back to Path Forward Utah with your host, Bob McEntee, live before the Weber County Convention. And that reminds me, uh, Jamie Renda, who kind of heads up the Path Forward Utah step, she's going to send out um, her endorsements. And she is going to endorse Jake. I like Brian. She likes Jake better. Okay. But I think she kind of listened to me on the SEC races because I know all these people, right? So maybe look for those endorsements. And, and you can look to see who's running. And some of them have a little bio on our Weber County website, like Weber, WeberGOP.org. Or if you just kind of Google search for Weber GOP and candidate filings, I think you're going to get them. Um, I'm in District 29. Bill Olson's kind of my favorite in Ledge 8. The, the other guy there, he's a nice guy, Charlie, but he's very moderate. So Bill's like one's a Trump supporter, one's a Romney supporter. So take your pick. Bill supports Trump. Charlie supports Romney. You know, that's just kind of how it goes. Alleged nine, the chair is at this point unopposed. Uh, Big Sarge, he's kind of a, he's kind of a friendly guy. He leans conservative, but he, he's actually always friendly to everybody. Former Army guy. I like him. And then Ledge 10, so far just one guy filed. He'll probably be the only one in, in my estimation. He was the guy that ran, tried to unseat the, the Democrat that held the incumbent, that held Ledge Ledge 10, which is House District 10, kind of there in South Ogden area, not not quite, but around there, and um, Travis Campbell. So I expect him to win, and he wants to run again. So, you know, I think he'll use that as a platform to get more involved in the party. He worked for Rob Bishop on his congressional staff, so he's rather experienced in certain things. Then Ledge 11, that's an interesting one. You've got Bruce Burroughs. He was like a local politician or something there. He filed for chair. So did Elizabeth Carlin. Elizabeth, she's got some grandma now. I like Elizabeth. Some people think she's too old. It's like, oh my gosh, have you been around her for two minutes? This girl, lady, she has more energy than me. And and that's, and she's, you know, 80% of the time in a wheelchair because she got polio, right? But she can walk a little bit. They tell her to limit her steps because it'll wear out her nerves. But Liz is, Elizabeth is sharp. She's been an SEC rep before. She's been the ledge chair, precinct chair, all this stuff. She remembers when Weber County was Democrat. So I, I, I love the memory. You know, it's good to have some, you know, Gen Xers in there and some millennials, but sometimes we need the people with the long memory, like the Gen Xers and baby boomers. And she might be older than baby boomer. I'm not sure. She's in her eighties. 
that might be the silent generation. She's not very silent, but I, I like Elizabeth Carlin. Um, I like her vice chair, Cheryl Pocorny. She's running for reelection. I know the realtor person, but I'll give her a pass. You know, I like, I like Cheryl. Good to deal with. I don't know the other ladies. So you're going to decide on Miranda Rizzi. I, don't, I just don't know her. Uh, Ledge 12, we've got Brent Odenwalder running for reelection again. He's been in there a while. Uh, he's pretty good. And his vice chair, Bruce, is good. I heard there may be, there may be a candidate come out of the woods for a floor nomination there who, who could be popular. So you're going to have to decide. You should learn about Brent when you go to that weaver.gop.org and look at the candidate filings. You can click Brent's bio so you can see what he's up to. He's very conservative, very anti-tax increases, um, just so you know. That also defines me. I'm not extremely opposed to tax increases. I figure once in a while, because we have an inflating currency and stuff costs more, once in a while, they're going to need to do more. However, I resisted the property tax increase here in Weber County, which which they amended downward because of the resistance, because I could see they're building everywhere. When you expand the tax base because there's new homes going up, you don't need to tax people as high. And that's exactly what happened. They're, they're getting more money than they need. Same with the state level. Uh, they December 2019, kind of in the middle of December when nobody's looking, you know, the legislature passed this 200-page tax reform, they called it. They tried to sell it, but it was not a good deal. It more than doubled the food tax. It put a tax on all these services. So now when you get your car towed, you get to pay a tax on that, which now you don't, right? So no thank you. 200 pages of changes, a lot of stuff and none of it that you wanted, honestly. And I knew that, you know, I didn't hate the legislature for, for doing it. But I was the leader for Weber County's tax referendum to push that back, which happens very rarely. It's only happened like two times in the last 20 years. And the legislators at first, they sneered at us like, oh, there's no way you're going to be successful because we needed 9,000 signatures. I was out in the cold on the sidewalks in January, February trying to get signatures. And let me tell you, it was hard. Then Harmons opened up their doors to us. And then the Federated Grocers, meaning like Kent's and other grocers, they opened their doors, let us come sit, because they realized their customers were going to be impacted. And that grandma can't really afford double the, the food sales tax. And it's a good thing, because with inflation going up and food prices going up, you don't want to pay, you know, it was going to go from, I think, the 3% now to the full tax, you're at 7 point whatever percent, more than double. And it would take a bite out of people's ability to buy food, right? But... Since we pushed that back, and, and I am patting myself on the back, I was the leader for Weber County. I helped people. I was glad to do it. It took a lot of time, weekends, nights, but, but we passed it. And so we didn't get our food tax raised. We don't have to pay service taxes for car washes, you know, for haircuts and all the stuff that's a service, right? We only pay tax on the goods. So that saved us. That was a huge deal. And, and I interviewed governor candidates about it. I hosted a meet the candidates for Greg Hughes and Amy Winter Newton. And Amy Winter signed our uh, tax reform, um, the thing to push it back. Greg didn't want to sign it. He wanted to respect the legislature and trust them to just change it, which they did, but only with great pressure from the referendum. Um, I met a lot of people statewide. I have good contacts. I was, I was glad to meet everybody in that referendum and work with them. And in fact, I work with Democrats, Republicans, independents, libertarians, everybody came together because they didn't want the service tax. And, and it turns out, and, and I'll take credit here again, I don't mean to toot my horn too much, but I am running for a reelection. But I predict, I'm like, you know, they can do this some other way. And that's exactly what they did. They changed, they gave themselves by a constitutional amendment, the legislature, because they said, we need the money. So they did a constitutional amendment and the voters approved it to have some flexibility on how they spend the income tax. It doesn't all have to go to the schools anymore. Just a little bit of flexibility, but that frees up some money for different things. And so now they don't have to have 200 pages of tax changes and you don't have to get your car wash taxed and your you know, your haircut and all that stuff and your dog washed or anything. All these services that aren't taxed, they would have been taxed, right? Um, so you're welcome if I might be so bold, right? Because I think it was great. Now, I promised breaking hard in the grid news and I, I overlooked it. This is good news, folks. In fact, I, I, I don't want to say it in bigger media, right, because I don't want this attracting enemies. But, you know, America needs to harden its grid against space weather, meaning like solar storms or, or an enemy EMP attack, which is you light off a nuke even 60, 100 miles up, and it, it takes out all our power grids. Theoretically, just one could do it. The military's tested it. They've hardened their essential stuff, not everything, but their essential things. I'll just leave it at that. But we have not hardened our civilian power grid. And if a big solar storm hits, it could take out 
any one of our three major grids in the United States or possibly all three um, or segments. You know, it doesn't have to be a nightmare scenario, but it could be. Well, Texas experienced this from the cold weather back in February, right? They had their grid down for just a few days. About a score of people died, meaning 20 plus. And they, they took it kind of seriously, but I was worried that Texas was going to do a Band-Aid, right? They were just going to make their grid more cold-hardy, which they probably should have done about five decades ago. But okay, now is better than never. And I thought they were going to cheap out, do the Band-Aid. Well, it turns out just yesterday, they have advanced um, senator, state senator from Texas, Bob Hall's bill, Senate Bill 1606, which is to harden the grid against all threats, meaning space weather, meaning guys with machine guns or grenades. You know, you're going to put up some walls around your big transformers. You're going to protect them with Faraday cages. You're going to make your grid resilient to a threat from, from a huge solar flare, which we've had. We've had big solar storms, some that lasted for days. Um, 1582, a three-day solar storm in Europe that would have, that would have taken out their power grid would have melted it, right? But they didn't have that then, so it wasn't a problem. We just uncovered that. 1859, a huge solar event in North America. It Again, it would have taken down the entire U.S. grid, I believe, nowadays. it As it was then, it shocked telegraph operators because it kind of reverse sucks in the power from the sun and send it into those electrical lines. The railroad lines picked up that energy from the sun, too, and it twisted, twisted railroad lines. I mean, go out and try to move a railroad line, right? You can... You can take a suburban and run into a railroad line. You're not gonna, you're not gonna move it, right? You're gonna lose. They're very tough, but the sun was able to warp those and it would, it would melt down the transformer. So, so this bill advancing is great, meaning Texas is gonna give their grid the overhaul they need. It should pass the Senate. It came out of the Senate committee unanimous. Then it would go to the floor. The challenge is in the house. But if Texas does the right thing and God bless Texas, hopefully they will. It'll, it'll be model legislation for the United States. I get to meet with Congressman Burgess Owens on Monday to discuss hardening the grid at the federal level. Texas would be a great example. We should really do it at the federal level to protect our people, to provide for the common defense and the general welfare, like our Constitution says. We need to do this. Uh, after the break, we'll talk about an unfortunate event in Idaho, but it, it's a good reminder of what, what works to stop guns. And I'll give you the unique idea I have that I haven't heard anywhere else, but uh, it's copying something the Russians do to stop, to stop terrorism. I think it's a great idea. of nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule changing the world one life at a time you guys your customer service and everything you guys are great and the commercials talk about it but i don't know if it really gives it true justice people need to know this is maybe the most amazing product i've ever tried it's so pure it tastes so good i'm just blown away by it Balance of Nature is now offering 35% off on any new preferred order go to balanceofnature.com today and use discount code USA. At the American Veterinary Medical Association annual convention in Washington, D.C., I spoke with Dr. John Howe, AVMA president, about One Health. One Health is really a collaboration between physicians and veterinarians or public health officials. For example, in Minnesota, our state public health veterinarian deals with zoonotic diseases, rabies, for example. Animals are sentinels for humans, and humans are sentinels for some infections in animals. There's more valuable information at AVMA. The following are real-life stories from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt. I used my credit cards as a source of income. It was not a good situation. I couldn't pay my bills. The interest on the cards was really high. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. I initially was scared to call, and immediately I felt relieved. They contacted all of our creditors, and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into 
one easy-to-manage monthly payment reduce your interest and possibly improve your credit score? You'll save thousands. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000. We're doing a lot better. Please pick up the phone and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. It's a godsend. We're debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. That's 1-800-990-6976. Hi, this is Brian Hyde. Several months ago, I was introduced to a small Idaho technology company called Pure Light that's invented a new type of light bulb that's simply amazing. Their LED light bulbs make all other light bulbs obsolete. And I've actually had a chance to put them to work in my own home. Now, these are bulbs that eliminate odors, including pet odors and chemical smells. They eliminate mold. They eliminate deadly germs, even the tough-to-kill ones like MRSA or E. coli or salmonella. They eliminate smells. They eliminate deadly chemicals from the air, just like a $1,000-plus air purification machine would do, only for a whole lot less with these Pure Light LED bulbs. And you know what? They work as advertised, and they're already being used in thousands of homes, businesses, schools, assisted living facilities, medical facilities, government buildings, and more. Find out for yourself. Go to pure-light.com. That's pure-light.com, the next generation of light bulb. I just want to continue the, you know, pop the cork and let let the ribbons fall from the confetti and stuff because I love that Texas Senate Bill 1606 is, is looks like it's going to advance, right? It's going to make it through the Senate because it's got 22 co-sponsors plus the original sponsor. 23 out of 31 senators have sponsored this. Good for them, right? It's kind of national security, provide for the common defense, but it's state security because they have their own grid down there. And so Texas will... Texas can stand. If they do this, I mean, you know, if America gets hit, Texas will keep going, right? They're a big energy state. And I think they figured out that, that you know, if you're Elon Musk, do you want to lo- move to the one state that protected its grid? Or you want to like, just take your chances anywhere else? I would, I would, I would do what he did, go to Texas. Uh, if he's smart, he'll back this, right? Because everybody needs a protected grid. Um, so I just want to celebrate that smart. Came out of committee with unanimous support, 7-0. That's, that's always good. There's only one 31 senators, so the, the 23 that sponsored or co-sponsored it, that should definitely carry it. Then it goes to the House. It has to make it through the House committee. It's getting late in the season, but they seem to – they usually sometimes sit on the stuff till a deal is made. So I hope that's what this indicates, that a deal has been made. This will advance, and Texas will lead the nation, you know, in doing the right thing and hardening the grid. Just like Russia, China, North Korea, South Korea, Israel have done, we will, we will join them, or at least Texas will. But Utah needs to follow. And I, you know what, I sent out an email about that. I, I, I BCC'd a bunch of Utah legislators, not all of them, but, but a bunch of key ones, right? And um, so I hope that gets their attention. I'll be talking about it with them. And thanks for spreading the word on we need to harden the grid, meaning make it resilient against space weather or an AMP because it's possible. Okay, after the good news, a little contrast. Um, I hate to see all the gun violence that's broken out. I don't know if it's the lockdowns or changes in morality in the U.S. or what, but but unfortunately in Rigby, Idaho, which, you know, that's a small little town in Idaho. It's innocent. People probably don't lock their doors there, you know, I mean, or at least a lot of people don't. And you probably don't worry about your car getting stolen. You know, when I moved from Idaho to Utah, my car insurance rates straight up doubled. And I thought, why is that? Then I drove on the highways here and I thought, oh, okay, I see. I mean, there's more accidents, there's more congestion, and there's more cars stolen, right? But, but Rigby, Idaho is pretty much uh, like Mayberry, USA, right? Somewhat ideal. However, you know, people can get a little crazy anywhere. And a sixth-grade girl bought a gun to school. She shot two fellow students and a janitor. And then a school administrator kind of got a hold of her and disarmed her. I mean, good for him. However... I wrote my state rep like about four years ago, Lee Perry. You know, he was in there because he was a he was a Utah Highway Patrol officer too. And I was hoping to push something that, you know, I I I hate to hear these stories where some there's some shooting in school and the teacher lays in front of her classroom kids to try to take a bullet for them. I mean, that's awesome, right? That's Christ-like. However, I would like that to not be their only option, right? And I understand that a lot of teachers, men or women, they don't want to. 
they don't want to keep a gun on their desk or on their hip or something or in their purse and and they don't want to shoot at kids and they don't want to worry about what if it goes through a wall or what if I miss, I hit the wrong kid or, you know, whatever. I can understand that because, you know, when you shoot, it's hard to be accurate under extreme pressure. It really is. People don't give the police enough credit. Na- next week is National Police Week, by the way. So thank a cop. You know, um, they don't have to be perfect to get a thank you, right? They do a good job. They put their life on the line. Um, I'm not going to idealize them, but but we should thank them for their service because they do a lot of good things. One of which is respond to school shootings, right? But I'd rather see them not have to respond because it's always better if you can stop it before it gets carried away, right? So here's what the Russians do. Because the Russians, number one, they don't fool around. And they know that a good guy with a gun stops a bad guy with a gun. And I'm not advocating for regular guns in schools because anytime you have a gun, it can also be used against you, right? If somebody figures out where that is and takes it, now the school shooter, you just armed them, right? So I don't want that. I don't want lethal force. And I think in America, I think we're, we're trying to go to more less than lethal force, what it's called. So the Russians have developed a really good thing that shoots rubber bullets and flashbang grenades. It's got, it's got four chambers, right? And the way they do it, and this is super smart, they set it up so the first chamber is a flashbang grenade. It's not going to kill anybody. It's designed to, you just have to hit the right area, right? You, you get within 20 feet of this person, and maybe you can't even see them if they're barricaded. But you fire the defense of that flashbang grenade, it's going to stun them. There's going to be a big noise, and they're going to go flash blind, right, for about a minute. They're not going to be able to see, which is your chance to go move in and cuff them, right? That's the whole idea of that, and it's totally non-lethal. Now, if that doesn't work, the next three rounds are takedown rubber bullets. And I say takedown rubber bullets because they're they're bigger rubber bullets. They're Russians. They make stuff big and heavy, right? That's that's their specialty besides playing chess and drinking vodka. But they're really good about over-designing things. And these bullets, these rubber bullets, they will take down a man, right? Because a lot of rubber bullets, they'll actually bounce off a leather jacket. I mean, they're almost like an annoyance, right? Or like a little BB gun kind of thing. And you, you don't want that when someone's shooting up a school. You want them to be hit and to feel their hit because they won't know right away if they were hit by a bullet or a rubber bullet. And the rubber bullet's going to hurt unless they got body armor, right? But I, I like that idea. I'm not worried about vice principals having um, a defensia or something like that. There's some U.S. companies that make it, but there's actually U.S. police forces that use the defensia as their less than lethal force. Smart idea because a good guy with a gun stops a bad guy with a gun. Red flag laws don't stop anybody with a gun. Nor do, you know, when businesses try to prohibit, they try to be nice and say, we're a gun-free zone. Well, you just said we're a target zone because that just attracts the shooters to come there. And usually schools are that way. Now in Utah, now it's legal for you to conceal carry. So without a permit, that, that's big news. And I give Governor Cox credit for that. You know, I, I did like that a lot. And I think it's very important that people be able to defend themselves because the police can take 10 or 20 minutes to get there. Um. But that's a good move. So maybe tell your legislator, hey, how about some less than lethal force at the schools? And is the defense the only option? No, there's other there's other ones, but it's a well-built one. And there's the Israelis use something fun, too. They use this spray. It's like a jet spray. And what it does is it makes everything super slippery, right? So the person, you hit them with this, they can't even stand up, right? They're super gooey and slippery. They can't hold on to a gun. They can't stand up. And they're not even going to die, right? This is just if you got a crazy person, you you shoot them with the goo, and they go down. And you don't have to you have to be a little bit more accurate than the flashbang device. But I think we need to get thinking about less than lethal force because I've heard teachers say, "I don't want to carry a gun. I don't want to shoot an innocent kid," meaning not the shooter kid. But and they they probably don't want to shoot the shooter kid. I mean, who wants to shoot a twelve year old girl anyway? I mean, I would rather do less than lethal force if possible. If you had to shoot somebody to stop other people, well, then you you actually should. You should save the innocent lives and regrettably take down the bad person with a gun. And we don't want it to be a 12-year-old, right? But let's think about the less than lethal force and stuff like, you know, dogs. You can't have a dog at the school probably, but you can have other other means, right? Um, now, there's other stuff. You know, with, with prices going up, probably notice gasoline prices continue to rise because we stopped letting everybody grill everywhere in America and we're not going to be energy independent. So that means we're, we're going to export our money to other countries. But what do you do about, I was just talking with the, with this, the board guy here, you know, meaning that my producer, I'll call him. Um, it's a hard decision right now. Do you rent or buy a house? 
if you're worried about the risk of, of high prices coming down, maybe you want to rent, you know, but it's hard to find those and you don't get always your ideal choice. But on the other hand, if, if we're going into hyperinflation, maybe you do want to buy. But then again, oftentimes when prices go way up, they come way down. Because in America, we we make it so that our supply is going to eventually meet demand. Just like um, Intel, we don't make very many chips in the United States. They're opening two big factories in uh, Arizona to make more, you know, semiconductor chips so that we can have all we need for you know, cell phones and cars and not be dependent on China or Taiwan. Taiwan's a big maker of those actually. Um, that's important. So we need to, we need to find these ways to do this and, and our infrastructure too. That's something else I, I do support, like the Republican idea of a more modest infrastructure bill that's really infrastructure. Like let's get our roads and bridges up to, to date. Because ever since Roman times, you know, the Romans built roads because they know that roads leads to easy commerce. I mean, if you can't get anywhere, how are you going to trade, right? If you got to go over mountain passes and or there's hazardous people, so they know you got to build the roads and you got to protect them, right? That's why we have highway patrol and stuff like that to, to keep the roads so you don't get stopped by vandals at a checkpoint like in other countries, you know, and they steal your stuff. We have great roads and bridges in America, but we need to, we need to keep them up to date, right? Um, but to recap, Weber County Convention coming up. Harden the grid news. It's so great. I don't even want to blast it because I don't want the enemies of America to, to get in there and lobby like, oh, you shouldn't do this. What a waste of money. Because they will. Let me tell you, there's countries, there's industries that don't want this to happen. But because of that blackout, they have the support of the people. And, and we need our politicians working for the people. Just like we didn't want the tax laws, we should want to harden our grids. Do me a favor. Tell your elected representative you want to see the House grid hard, and eventually they will listen. Thank you so much. Have a blessed weekend, and we'll, we'll talk with you soon.